0: Greetings, parish of Retrogrades. Pope Francis, on this 4th of July weekend, said in a Reuters interview that two women will serve on a Vatican committee tasked with appointing bishops. As you all know, this channel is committed to killing the wicked witch of Western civilization, feminism, as it worms its way further into the Roman Curia, It's our duty to comment on it because everybody else is just going to be sitting there, let's be honest, all the other conservatives are going to be sitting there combating transgenderism, asking what is a woman. Today's show is going to be committed to talking about this sad happening in the Vatican, Pope Francis asking two women to step up and to help lead the Episcopal Appointment Committee, and it, which is unprecedented, by the way, and what the root causes of that are. First off, I'd just like to say, you know, with all of the uh, what is a woman hype out there, this is just passing on a related story. It looks like there are some great scenes, some great moments. I, I mean, tremendous. But the sickness of conservatism as most of you now know, is it's just progressivism driving the speed limit. Not, not my expression, but a famed one now. What, I mean, why just respond with your full fire, with your full explicit gainsaying uh, denial, if you're someone like Daily Wire, only to know that what conservatives do is to three, four, five, six, ten years down the line when transgenderism gets more firmly ensconced in the culture, more positioned, you're gonna back off and say, Well, the left, because they own all of the nine cultural institutions, this is now, it's now outside of the Overton window for conservatives to gainsay transgenderism. So we have to back off. The left sets the Overton window with the seven other institutions of culture plus news slash entertainment media and universities. That's what's going to happen. So when Daily Wire has been pushing hard on this, what is a woman, which is like the third iteration of transgenderism, transgenderism writ large, that is, I just say, what's the point? You know, I've heard there are great moments in this thing, but in five or six years, they'll no longer be willing to fight if they follow the conservative playbook. Now, the first moment of transgenderism is feminism. Feminism is gender dysphoria. If you've ever cheered for a female sport, gender dysphoria from the 1800s. If you've ever cheered on a working wife, gender dysphoria. This is a wife pretending to be a husband. Then this became more overtly uh, sexualized in the context of the bedroom, became homosexualism. In the latter part of the 20th century, latter decade really, but latter two decades of the 20th century, that was the second moment of gender dysphoria where a man thinks he can act like a woman in the bedroom. And then, of course, in 2013-2014, it grew into simplicitaire transgenderism. So all I'm saying is this, this Pope Francis story broke at a moment when conservatives on the 4th of July weekend America's uh, America the United States are the greatest countries in the world some of them it broke in a moment where conservatives are talking triumphally about the Matt Walsh, Walsh film What is a woman can I be honest for a second I, I've I heard there are some great moments I haven't seen it yet I, I've, I've heard that I've seen the four or five best moments on the highlight films highlight reels I was disappointed that what is a woman is not about what is a woman from the perspective of the natural law and the Christian supernatural revelation of Scripture. That's what I was hoping it was about. That's what the world needs. When you have a root problem, you attack it at its root. And the root problem of transgenderism is not the one-tenth uh, or one fifth of 1% of people that actually think that they are, if it's a man, that they're a woman, you know? Is gender theory the root problem? No, it's, it's a sex, not a gender. There's no such thing as gender. Is, is it homosexualism? No, I was saying this 15 years ago to the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. This itself isn't the root problem. The root problem of these two latter developments is feminism. And that's why we're committed to, so fastly, so fervidly, to anti-feminism here on this channel. That's why in the past year I've published a book against it called *The Case for Patriarchy*, and my wife has published a book against it called *Ask Your Husband*. Buy these books if you want to support the channel. Please uh, go to timothyjgordon.com if you want a signed copy of Steph's book. Also, uh, go to Real Estate for Life. The United States are the best countries in the world, the red ones. You need to get to a red country slash state. State means country. You need to get to one. Stuff is coming down the pike later this year. Did you know we are now in the latter half of 2022? Can you believe that? Every July the 1st, when the year still feels a little bit new, I think we're in the latter half of the year. The first day of the seventh month means we are now in the, you know, the back nine, the back six months, if you will. We have midterm elections coming up this fall. We're already on kind of the back, the beginning of the back end of the summer. Not really, because we're just 11 days in, but by school year, judging by school calendar, we're on the back end. This very fall is the midterm elections. You guys need to be out of your blue states if you can by then. I've been saying it all year. Go to realestateforlife.org. A good pro-lifer, anti-abortioner will help you to get there. They'll make it really, really easy. Try to get to the blood-red swamp between Texas and Florida. Finally, if you have extra money and you want to support something because you know you can't support your parish, even five to ten bucks will help. My Godson, uh, if you go to his GoFundMe page, his name is Theo Kerver's. He's a good, good little five, going on six-year-old boy, stricken with leukemia about three weeks ago, and it's really upset me. You've probably been able to tell, even it's affected, in some ways, show schedule and how how we're looking on the show. It's it's been a big deal, as it sweeps through my family. They've already begun the treatment for that, and it's traumatic. It's traumatic having a sick kid. Uh, never been there with cancer, but Steph and I have been there ourselves with having. a A sick kid going through surgeries. It's no fun. There is a brotherhood of parenthood uh, comprised of the parents that have sick kids. It's worldwide. It's global. It's inside and outside of Christendom. And it is, it's a tough tough lot to be in. So if you go to, uh, what's it called?
1: It's Help Theo Curvers Beat Leukemia.
0: Help Theo Curvers, my godson, beat leukemia Look, they made the person that set it up for them made a goal of hundred thousand. You guys are one of the most generous audiences out there on Catholic YouTube. They're nearly at 50. Let's at least push them. Push them well past 50. Get them towards 60. Anything helps. Five, 10, 20 bucks is really, really helpful. Sorry to bother you again. Like, subscribe, click the notification button so that you know what's up. When uh, Rules for Retrogrades episode comes out. So today we're talking about this LifeSite news article, um, which covers the incremental release of this new Reuters interview with Pope Francis. began to be released on July 2. Every day since then, there's been another piece of the interview released. And um, LifeSite coverage of it goes like this. Pope Francis says two women will serve on Vatican committee tasked with appointing bishops. Let me read a little bit to you. P- uh, Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, smart man, had um, some, some I think, helpful remarks, very helpful remarks. Liturgy scholar Dr. Kwasniewski described the news as a purely political move, which won't help the crisis in the church. No, no, far, far more than that. It will It will harm it. It will aid the harm, if you will. Pope Francis has revealed that he will allow women to have a say in electing the world's bishop for the first time oh. in church history, saying things are opening up a little bit. Can I pause here and just comment? Remember, I, I've had my eyes... that They've been open for a while. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, no false humility. My eyes have been open for a while. They've been open for pretty much the entire Francis pontificate. But rereading... Windswept House has clarified my focus. Some pretty amazing claims made by Martin that have been half or more vindicated since he died 25 years ago. One of them is, you know, basically, I mean, one of his claims is um, that the character who plays, according to popular opinion, uh cardinal silvestrini the second sort of leader of the Sankt golem mafia who gave us francis was a hell of a villain and uh, i don't want to ruin the book for you but he makes some very specific allegations against the character often aligned with silvestrini very specific And they don't shock me as much as they should. The reason I I bring this up now is because Pope Francis is the one that wanted to open things up a bit. I'm also reading at the moment, Father Elijah, in a reading group, become a a Patreon patron today. Uh, We've only been through one reading. We do short readings each week. It's not too late to join that, to hop in and catch up. Same theme in Father Elijah is that the, the pontificate needs to be opened up and forever altered, the power structures of the church. That's what we know Silvestrini did with the salt and golan Mafia. Malachi Martin knew that. Um, Michael D. O'Brien, the author of Father Elijah, did not know as much specifically, but he seems to have been given a prophetic vision upon which Father Elijah is based, and the themes are all the same. He, he's, I think it's better prose, better fiction, less specific data than Martin had, but they're both amazing books. And reading them back to back, as I've done, is really eye-opening. Who's it eye-opening about? John Paul II, who's the Pope in both books? No. Benedict, the Pope following John Paul II? Yes, some. Pope Francis, the, uh, the one who follows Benedict? Even more, yes. Even more than Benedict XVI. You understand? So, Francis saying, look, I'm paraphrasing, I was sent messiologically, I'm not telling who by, not necessarily God, to open things up a bit is very, very telling. Uh, particularly as we're in the synod of synods problem, uh, the, the process of the synod of synodality. And he's already told us in 2023 to expect big changes. And what does that mean for him? He's already giving communion to the divorced and civilly remarried. He's already made sacrilege a part, basically, a papal teaching to the extent that he's a valid pope. If he's a valid pope, then he's saying, yeah, 2,000 years of history is wrong. A mortal sinner can receive the Eucharist. This is the worst part of the Francis pontificate that his defenders will never address anymore. They won't address it. So I'm off of the trads versus Novus Ordo, normies, all that, you guys know I, I, I really can barely tolerate the Novus Ordo. I just can't anymore. But And I mean, that's always where I've been since I've been in the public eye. But forget that for a moment. The Francis defenders or allowers or sufferers versus the non-Francis sufferers, that's, I think, what matters. We need to return to that. What does it mean that he has made papal teaching, low-level magisterium in the AAS, The idea that public adulterers can receive communion. I don't know. He was sent here. And now he's saying part of what he was sent to do, if I can paraphrase a little bit, was to give, was to make it where women are picking bishops. Who picked the original bishops? Jesus. Only clergy have ever done it for 2,000 years. And this, fill in the blank. This man of no faith. <clears> he <throat> said, yeah, after 2,000 years, I'm going to change it where lay people can do it, and I'm specifically making it where women can do it. The pontiff made the comments, uh, according to LifeSite News, to Reuters on July 2 in an interview which is being released in segments. LifeSite News has already reported on the papal comments regarding the overturning of Roe versus Wade. He had some odd remarks there. I was going to do a show, decided against it. They weren't quite odd enough. Uh, on the Fourth of July weekend to go live. He also made a ruling out of a possible papal resignation, which doesn't mean much because he's he's, I think, closer to death's door than Benedict the Sixteenth is. I never really thought he'd resign. I think he's his health is worse than their reporting and the reporting, it's quite bad. But he did rule out a resignation in the same Reuters interview. Finally, His defense of the controversial Vatican-China deal also broke in a third increment of this Reuters interview that first started breaking July 2. Now in the latest part of the interview, released July the 6th, which is to say today, Francis outlined his view for expanding female leadership in the Vatican and in the worldwide church. I am open to giving women an opportunity, he told Reuters, to women will be appointed for the first time in the committee to elect bishops in the Congregation for Bishops. Vatican News provided a more full quotation, extrapolating on the shorter quotation from the Pope. Here's what it reads. I am open for an opportunity to arise. Right now, the governorate has a deputy governor. Now, two women will be going to the Congregation for Bishops on the commission, to elect bishops. In this way, things open up a little bit. Note what Francis always does. He always says, I mean, this is just what it is to be ready. He's always ready for his team. The bad guys. He's always saying, like, he'll start off a, uh, a quotation or a passage when he's introducing a novelty and he'll say, look, I'm, I'm open for an opportunity to arise. Direct quote here. Then he'll, he'll state a couple more sentences and you realize by the end of his paragraph of Speech or writing that he's already done it. Do you want to, That's that's it's good. Strategy, as George W. Bush called it, it's good. Strategy, uh, in, in this way, SNL George W. Bush, um, in this way, things open up a little bit. And he said, Two women are already set, in other words, to be going to the congregation of bishops. Well, that's not. The same thing as being open to an opportunity to arise. That means the opportunity already arose and he took it. Good. Strategy. Unfortunately, it's for the diabolic side of things. It's for and that's why I opened up with this meditation on, I'm a little I'm just always a lot sick. Forget a little, sick of conservatives out there who will respond, they're committed to responding to the latest radical novelty from radical leftists. For the first 18 months, or maybe 24 months, the way you're gonna see Daily Wire doing, good. I I too am against the transgender agenda, the transgender. (laughs) Um, I'm against it too. I'm rooting for what is a woman to do really well, but I'm rooting for it to do really well in a way where in the hearts and the minds of the viewer, a bolder takeaway lesson has been learned than in the directors and makers of the film, evidently, themselves. What do I mean there? Yes, transgenderism is obviously just the stupidest thing ever. And for one-fifth of one percent of people, it's really uh, uh, ruinous or at least harmful to their lives. Sorry, you got to pray for these people. Sincerely, you hear me? Call them trannies because it's funny on this channel. I make no apology for that. But I do pray for these people. And you should too, I think. Okay? But, But it's like one out of 500 people, one out of 400 people, something like that, are afflicted by gender dysphoria writ large. My hope for this film that Matt Walsh made is that people will go, wow, before someone can a-, a man can actually think he's a woman, like ontologically, he probably thinks that his sex has nothing to do with his sex, which is homosexuality, right? Your sex has nothing to do with your sex. You know, the male reproductive part and the female reproductive part don't necessarily go together procreatively, which is the main point of sex. And before you can think that, societally homosexualism there has to be a widespread acceptance of the idea that one sex not necessarily is procreative part but the functionalism that is associated with it you have to buy the the role that this is a uh, by the lie that this is just a gender role before homosexualism can be a thing before it could become a thing in the 1980s and 90s you had to have a widespread acceptance for over 100 years of the idea that what a man or a woman do day to day, their lifestyle, their way of life, their daily habits, whatever you will, is just a gender role. So see how gender roles come not from gender theory. They come not from homosexualism. They come from feminism. Because you're saying, uh, well, the idea that a man or a woman you know, have to behave a certain way. We don't all have to have the same favorite color, favorite flavor of ice cream, but we do all have to define our vocations according to a script which is governed by complementarity. And men and women do not have the same roles. They do not have the same functions as per their vocation. Men are called to be dominant. Women are called to be submissive. In the church, patriarchy, and in the marital, lay patriarchy. Men are called to be active. Women are called to be passive. Men are called to be expressive. Women are called to be receptive. Men are called to work outside of the home. And women are called to doing their, really, child-rearing and, and home-beautifying and, and wifing inside of the home. And and <clears throat> they're allowed limited uh, paid work inside the home as well, according to the catechism of Trent, and the fact is folks i I mean you you know this is the theory of this channel and it's pretty basic pretty irrefutable theory which is why none of these people will debate me on it you know this is our big sort of mission but the fact is even you know i don't think this it has a, a, a an uttered word an uttered breath or sentences worth of space or attention in what is a woman What does a woman has to do with what the feminists began calling gender roles? Gender theory began with the birth, the advent of the word gender roles, which is not a gay thing or a tranny thing. It's a feminism thing.
1: It's not just mere biology. Everybody wants to focus on the biology of a woman. A woman, God created a woman more than just her biology. What is her role? What is she created for? It's not just how she was created, with what biological parts. It's what she was created to do and for. Right. And we're missing that entire, that last, probably most important part of what is a woman, is what God created her for.
0: Well, and that's true Thomism. All organs have a proper function. All organs are ordered to a proper function. Um, so the fact that all these conservatives, even conservative Catholics who I'm, I'm friends with, I, I saw a couple Matt Fradd tweets this morning, which were good, kind of in support of what is a woman stuff. Matt, Matt Walsh is a conservative Catholic. Matt Fradd is a conservative Catholic. I like both of what these guys have to say much. I've, I've, I've spoken to both, or at least text texted with, with Walsh as well. They're good guys. I like them. I'm a, I'm a fan. I root for them. But this is the conservative illness conservatism of the mold that they're offering only attack radical innovations for the first year or two until they get incorporated into the over you know the Overton window so attacking them from a conservative point of view two or three years later becomes outside of the Overton window no longer attack them that is what's happening that is how the radical storming of the institutions works and the way that you could jam it up, the radical storming of the institutions, folks, is by saying, no, we must rise up and demand that conservatives, good ones, good guys, like Walsh and Fratt and all the other ones address root causes. But instead, they say, look, I'm just going to make what is a woman and I'm going to talk only about, I'm not going to talk about, look, women need to be Silent in church, basic teaching of Christianity. How come Protestants are better on this score than Catholics? They're better than us. Women need to be submissive to their husbands. How come there, there shouldn't be any women churchmen? Protestants don't even have real churchmen. They don't even have real ordained priests. And they're better about it. They don't the, the non-liberal Protestant congregations don't have female preachers. Francis is moving towards having a a kind of a female preacher. He's kind of already done it in the last year and a half. How come Protestants are better than Catholics? How come they're only willing to address something for the first year to two, conservatives, good guys, that I like, and then after a year or two, they're like, well, we can't talk about that anymore because the left runs the news, entertainment media, and the place where the ideas are born, the universities. They also run the schools, and the preschools, and the secondary schools, and they just make sure, hey, these uh, these conservatives are pushing back on transgenderism, make it part of the fixed Overton window, where you're a Nazi if you talk outside of it, and then they lose their, their steam. So in five years, my prediction is a lot of these conservatives will be saying, well, we tried, we lost. That's what they always do. And the proof is well, I'm asking them to address root causes, and so should you, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. You should say, look, cool tweet. Cool tweet. That's good. That's great that you that that's great that Matt Walsh did a movie called What is a Woman? No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The second sentence without an if, an and or a but should be, or just a part of the movie should be. Here's the root cause of gender dysphoria. Here is the first issue of gender dysphoria. Here's literally where it first arose. Gender dysphoria comes from feminism, not from transgenderism, not from homosexualism. And the reason that these guys don't want to address it makes sense. It's not, it's not, uh, they're not doing it to frustrate me or to frustrate conservatives who are a little more adept at thinking a thought through all the way to its conclusion. Matt Fred, great tweet. And, and daring, too. Elliot Page is not a man. Right? As of now, it's got 671 likes. That's good. That shows. I know Matt. He does have daring. He is willing to say some daring things. Good. He's a good man. But I said, more importantly, feminists do and cannot affirm the Roman Catechism. This is at the root of Miss Page's confusion. Let me repeat that. More importantly, feminists do and cannot affirm the Roman Catechism. They will not affirm the Roman Catechism, and they balk when I do, specifically the section in the Roman Catechism on the duties of wives. They won't do it. They will not do it. And they got mad at me when I went on his show and I read the Roman Catechism, or I read from the duties of wives on the Roman Catechism. It's scary. It's a little scary to do. I'll confess. I don't get scared by this stuff. But that's why... People refuse to address conservatives. Good guys refuse to address root problems.
1: What I find even more frustrating are these Catholic, quote, feminists who just want to talk about the biological differences of a man and a woman, but they don't want to be daring or honest enough to talk about how God created us differently. It's not interesting or, or even remotely intellectually like stimulating to talk about, yeah, women and men are physically different from one another. Obviously, they are. But it goes much, much further than that. And nobody besides a few want to actually talk about that part.
0: That, okay, so I'm glad Steph keeps making this remark because it's calling me to a deeper philosophical, a slightly deeper philosophical examination. Here's, Steph keeps saying, for review, for, for you guys out there listening, these guys, the, the Matt Walshes who make what is a woman, what are they really doing? They're talking about the clear bodily material differences between a man and a woman, and they're saying... They're shoving, for now, they're shoving transgenderist faces in. There's no such thing as gender. All there is is sex. If you have a male reproductive part, you're a man. If you have a female reproductive part, you're a woman. They're doing this, the Matt Walsh's of the world, because it's clear and obvious and for the next year or two, undeniable. Give it a year or two and it will no longer be uh, undeniable. It will be denied. She keeps saying this is a problem. Because when you're talking about the role of the organs of men and women, which do designate who they are, we're not disagreeing, we're adding to the point, all they're doing is pointing up the material causation of manhood and womanhood, namely a penis or a a, a vagina, and the efficient causation of manhood and womanhood, which is you know, the complement, the physical complementarity of how they go together, which causes new men and women to be born through procreation. This is the sickness of the Enlightenment, that they're only willing to talk about these two of Aristotle's four causes, the material and the efficient causation. So, thank you, Steph. Formally and finally, the two causes by Aristotle, every, every effect in the world, everything in the world has four causes. At the Enlightenment, Toxic pre-modernist enlightenment, they said, get rid of formal and final causation. The world won't be able to think straight. That's what Bacon and Descartes said, famous Enlightenment thinkers. Let me prove Bacon and Descartes correct. I don't like what they did, but they are correct. The world can't think straight. Even the, the heroic guys, heroic conservatives in other ways, making movies such as these, can't think straight about transgenderism. For, for all the reasons I've just deduced, because they will not think of the formal or the final cause of the reproductive parts of men and women. The final cause of the reproductive parts of men and women are to, to go together procreatively, but also there's an endocrinological system which supports having the male part, testosterone, leadership, taking charge being active, and there is an endocrinological system, material system, that finally and formally supports being a woman. You are receptive, bodily even, sexually even. You are not expressive. That is why St. Paul says in church a woman is to keep silent. She is to receive the teachings of uh, men in all male patriarchy. In the church, clerical, in the home, lay, There's a formal and a final causation which goes to women being silent, submissive, obedient, still fun, just not causing the world a great headache. One in four or five hundred people suffer from gender dysphoria simplicitaire. Ninety-eight out of every hundred even Catholic couples that I go and visit suffer from gender dysphoria in original, which is called feminism even trads, you go over to their house, 97, 98 times out of 100, I see even Catholic wives, even faithful Catholic wives otherwise, barking orders at men, running the household, being the active voice, being the dominant part, being the one who acts like the male endocrinological system, testosterone, adrenaline, lots of it, I see the husband being diminutive the one who doesn't, you know, the woman part, to be specific. The one whose privates are not supported by endocrinological system that is geared towards passivity, receptivity, obedience, fealty. Do you get it? The, so this is just a, a broader conversation. The enlightenment outstripping of formal and final causation applies to conservatives because Conservatives who are progressives driving the speed limit, even though they're good guys, they have good hearts, they have good minds, they don't want to, they lack a little bit of boldness, so they make a movie called What is a Woman? And it's all about material and efficient causation, What is a Woman? Whereas those are the two least important of the four causes. Formally and finally, if you ask What is a Woman, what are you going to be making a movie about, Steph?
1: Obedience. Submission.
0: The roles that the organs support obedience submission fealty receptivity that's what what a woman is about finally and formally they just want to talk about the cruder efficient and material aspects what are their organs their sex organs are different yes we already know that matt walsh go deeper man say the next thought people are
1: asking what about women who cannot get married or aren't married like okay. what role oh, wait,
0: you guys should know from this channel that's fine if you don't it's it's a little bit different it's, it's somewhat different for women that don't start households of their own. So single celibate women, yes, technically they, they have an apartment. That, that the church has never required them to starve or not have a job. They, they, but, but obviously, this is part of the feminism of John Paul II when he's starting to say, in addition to just the two sacramental vocations, there are two additional non-sacramental vocations for a total of four. So the Enlightenment took Aristotle's four causes and made them two. John Paul II took the lifestyle causes or vocations and went from two to four. Well, there are two sacramental ones. We all ought to be trying to either enter the religious life or become a spouse. Now, it doesn't happen and it can't happen for some people for various reasons. The church has never, ever condemned these people. You guys, I mean, you guys just, if you're asking these questions, please, Get the case for patriarchy, get ask your husband. I thought we're banging banging away on a you know, like a like a song with one note. Banging away on one nail that's already hammered home. That part anyway. But yes, for those women, they're allowed to work, but they're not forming households, right? You're kind of on the old way of looking thing at things, the church is sort of two all vocations are sacramental, therefore there are only two vocations, the old way for nineteen hundred years. You're sort of You can still get to heaven, you can still get yourself to heaven, but you're kind of living in between the bars for various reasons. And a lot of of men and a lot of women can't do this. It's fine. They can still get to heaven, so they have some vocation, but it's kind of undefined. John Paul II says there's a single celibate one. That's fine. It's not sacramental, but fine. Call it that. I have no major problems with that. The problem is you're not really a household then. We're talking about within the household of the church with a father... An all-father patriarchy in the church and within the household of, you know, lay households, the laity. It's, it's got to be a patriarchy. And patriarchy is built around not just the function of male reproductive parts, the way crude, crass female comedians will say, they'll reduce them just to their parts. Swinging you-know-whats, the, the crass female comedians will call them. No, the functionalism, the teleology of their reproductive parts Men, not only, Matt Walsh, have penises, women not only have vaginas, and that determines what we should be called, Mr. or Mrs., but more than that, it determines what you're doing 23 hours out of the rest of the day besides procreating. The other 23 hours of the day The man should be overseeing the children. He should be the priest of the household. He should be making the moral decisions. He should be making the financial decisions. He should be protecting. He should be laboring, earning bread. The mother should be like his field general in the home, asking, what orders do you want me to descend down? What are we going to do about this, that? Is this kind of purchase okay? They should be having fun together, praying together when they are back together after the man gets home. This is all guided by the physical material setup. This is how Aristotle's Four Causes work. It's not just the man has the part. He also has the endocrinological underpinnings, making him a leader. Men are red-blooded. Men are active. Women are not. And the problem is, in some of these cases of conservatives that I've mentioned, they just won't mention the endocrinological subservient functionalism which goes with the organs. Some of them have actually denied it or had on their shows people which explicitly deny it or say that a catholic can deny the endocrinological underpinning. The more explicitly they deny it, the bigger the problem. And that's why we we were disappointed to see uh so much so much traction for for Abigail Favale on on Matt Frad's show. This is this is not being honest. This is not a fair take. Okay? No one's perfect. I'm not either. So it it's all fine, but when we do a show like um, when we do a show like, well, Pope Francis is now making putting women in charge of the clerical patriarchy in this or that wise. I'm not going to make the same mistake that conservatives who don't see to the root problem will make. I'm going to be like, here's what it is. Transgenderism, gender dysphoria, homosexuality, LGBTQ+, whatever, all roots back to, to feminism. And I know dumb, dumb responses will go, what about the, the tension between transgenders and, and so-called TERFs? You know, trans-exclusive uh, radical feminists. Yeah, I get it. They, they disagree about female sports and stuff. That, that's just because there's contradiction in their worldviews They're at a loggerheads about some particulars, but ultimately, trans come from the feminists. Don't buy into the turf live. Ultimately, feminism is proto-gender dysphoria. They gave us the term gender roles. That's the proof. You don't believe me? Gender roles is a term that was being used, I remember, even in Catholic school, by some of my middle school girls who were being radicalized They're saying, oh, we don't believe in gender roles. That was long before transgenderism. They weren't practicing to be gay or lesbian. They were saying gender roles because the feminists don't like it. The true feminists don't like Christian complementarity. All right, so to get back to Francis, um, he's going to make two women probably very powerfully in charge on a committee, uh, the Congregation for Bishops, which is led by Mark Ouellette, um meets twice a month to discuss Episcopal candidates, and he's going to put two women in charge. Now, the LifeSite News article also points out, look, we're already, and, and um, Dr. Kwasniewski does a very good job saying, look, this isn't brand new, it's only brand new with the Episcopal appointments. But they point out in this helpful article about three instances. Thank you, LifeSite News, by the way. They're very consistent. They're a very consistent outfit, I find. Um, they give three instances of nuns who are already given uh, what, what, what Jesus and St. Paul would have said or too, too any male power in the church. Congregation for Bishops is led by Cardinal Mark Ouellette and its members meet twice a month to discuss Episcopal candidates. The committee votes on which clergy should be put forward as bishops before the prefect presents the names to the Pope. This is from the LifeSite article of course. Francis's comments come in light of his apostolic constitution Predicate Evangelium reforming the Roman Curia which was released about three and a half months ago and was nine years in the making. What does that tell you? He was doing it from the very beginning. Remember, he always says, Oh, this might happen, and it's been cooked up already. Synod documents are, are written before the synod happens. Why? Because that's Francis. That, Francis is the Sanct Gallen Mafia's mouthpiece. The Constitution opened up positions of governance in the various curial departments to the laity, either men or women. They're going to be a lot of women. And removing the traditional hierarchy of the various departments, now all known as dicasteries, that's a that's a downshifting of what the proper name of these departments were. Dicasteries is a more uh, domesticated, secularized version of what the Curia was meant to, to be, was meant to be constituted by. This is contrary to Pope John Paul II's Pastor Bonus, John Paul II, complicated pontificate probably the most complicated ever. Francis is just bad. Benedict was confused. JP together with JP2, Benedict and JP2 had the most troubled troubling some good, some bad pontificates ever. Malachi Martin says it's because they couldn't govern from the papacy because of a enthronement to Satan that happened in 1963 and keeps them from governing. Pastor Bonus is good. It says it orders cardinals and bishops assisted by a secretary to be led, uh, to lead the various congregations and dicasteries with no mention of permission for the laity to assume leadership roles. And they didn't allow for it. Here are those three prominent roles in the Vatican already held by women, pointed out by Lifesite and Kwasniewski. He's already appointed a number, Francis has, of women, to important roles in the Roman Curia, according to LifeSite. Last year, he appointed Sister Raffaella Petrina as Secretary General of Vatican City State, second most senior position uh, in the governorate. Another woman also holding a high-ranking role in the Vatican is Sister Natalie Bachart, appointed by Pope Francis last February to the position of Undersecretary to the Synod of Bishops. See, he had this, this was a twinkle in his eye, an office previously only ever held by ordained men. Uh, she will have the right to vote at upcoming synods, the first time a woman's ever had the right to do so. In April, Sister Alessandra Smerilli, FMA, was confirmed as Secretary of the Dicastery for the Service of Integral Human Development, that's the especially satanic one, having previously been the ad interim secretary. The three nuns are now joined in the Vatican's corridors of power by Dr. Rafaela Vincenti as office head, not prefect, of the Vatican Apostolic uh, Library. And Professor uh, Antonella Cherone uh, Ali Brandi as a member of the Financial Information Authority Board. Um, Peter Kwasniewski calls this a purely political move. He refers to the feminism informing this decision. Uh, the problem with Francis's decision, according to Life Site and Kwasniewski, quotes being used interior coming on and off, is that it is not really about giving women what they deserve to have since no one has a right to sit on a Vatican committee, said Kwasniewski, who continues. It is, a, it is rather a purely political move motivated by feminism. Thank you, Dr. Kwasniewski. Now, he's not talking about transgenderism. He's talking about feminism. I know these aren't trans, so-called transgenders, but just thank you for getting to the root cause of the problem. It is re- motivated by feminism, likely to exacerbate the trouble by simply adding more of Pope Francis's favorite sorts of liberals to the process. I, this is Kwasniewski, see this as one more example of the Pope trying to play catch up with modern democratic world or trying to impress the world with his fairness and open mindedness. I think it's even more sinister than that, but... Everything else, he says, is great here. As if the values and assumptions of modernity are obviously true and applicable to the conduct of ecclesiastical affairs. It's a huge problem in the church, he says, because our uh, episcopacy in general seems to be composed of a lot of spineless conformists to the zeitgeist, if not adamant proponents of it, not to mention the scourge of the lavender mafia. Adding women is not the solution. Rather... Having ordained men of Orthodox faith, selecting the bishops is what is needed. I mean, thank you, Dr. Kwasniewski. Uh, so there it is. I mean, I, I think we've given it. We, we have not just, it would have been easy to do a show today that is guilty of that, that scourge of conservatism that I say conservatives ought to labor to avoid. Colin. I.e., I'll name it now, naming the material and the efficient cause of a current problem without getting to its root by naming the formal and the final cause of the problem. We tried to do that here on today's show. We tried to do that by showing how and why feminism is the original gender dysphoria G- feminism afflicts 98... Per- I, uh, there's no official statistic here. This is anecdotal. But it's not just me. You know it as well. Go over to a, uh, a, a fellow parishioner's house for dinner. A cu- cu- couple date. You know, go out with uh, another couple from your parish. Even good and faithful Catholics are afflicted, 98% of them, 49 out of 50 by feminism, by the formal and the final cause of feminism, right? Not just gender dysphoria where uh, I'm not telling you the man thinks that she's the woman, the husband thinks he's the wife. I'm telling you that they're, functionally speaking, they are living out roles inconsistent with their, with their DNA, with being male or female, with having a a male or a female reproductive part. I hope people understand, endocrinologically, God created us materially, bodily, our organs, and our endocrinology to support roles, not gender roles, but what I would call sex roles. And I don't mean during the marital act, though it's evident there too. Active, passive, expressive, receptive, use your imagination for during the marital act. But during every other interaction in front of your kids or behind the scenes in your day outside of the marital act, the man should be active, the woman should be passive, the man should be expressive, the woman should be receptive. Do you see any of this going on? Parish, orphans, and Retrogrades? Let me close today with a question rather than just a bunch of bald assertions. Let me ask you, in your households, your respective forums and domains and domiciles, do you see this going on? That the endocrinology of male and the endocrinology of female is being subserved faithfully, is being lived out faithfully? I mean, do you see this happening? Men acting like the active... Priest of the household, the dominant, protective, breadwinning, one in command. I don't mean micromanaging, but, but in command of everything that happens within his domestic church, within his domestic economy. You don't, I don't think. Do you see women having, in, uh, from, from the floor to the raspbers, in, in subtle and unsubtle ways? Unfortunately, for a lot of your dinner parties out there, a lot of unsubtle ways. Am I right? But subtle ways as well, if you have eyes to look, eyes to see. Commandeering that role, those sex roles, not gender roles. And the proof is that even in the 70s, even in the 80s, feminists were used, before there's such a thing as a turf. feminists were using the, the term gender roles. Feminists gave us gender, not the transgenders. Okay. God bless you all. Happy Fourth of July. The United States are the greatest countries in the world, the red ones. God bless you all. Keep your eyes on what Pope Francis is doing. It's always underhanded. We'll get through this. Deus Volt.